chapter 4. And as you're going there, uh, one of the other things we were just made aware of this morning, uh, Esther Mast had had texted Lynn, and there was a situation that came up where they took on, uh, for now at least, three more kids that were in a pretty uh, difficult situation. So uh, there are a lot of kids that need our prayer right now. So just make sure you keep that uh, in mind when you're praying about uh, the things that are going on around us. Um, we're going to start in Philippians chapter 4, starting in uh, in verse 1. It says, Therefore, my brothers, uh, you whom I love and long for, my joy, my crown, that is how you should stand firm in the Lord, dear friends. I'm sorry, we're going to start in verse 2. I plead for, uh, I plead with you, you Odia, and I plead with Syntyche to agree with each other in the Lord. Yes, I ask you, loyal yoke fellow, help these women who have contended at my side in the cause of the gospel, along with Clement and the rest of my fellow workers whose names are uh, written in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice, and the God of all peace will be with you. So I want to look at uh, this morning... Uh, the idea of uh, finding our joy, finding our peace, finding our fulfillment, uh, all of these things coming from God, and the idea that none of these things that we are able to experience in God are dependent on this world. The idea that there are things that we as Christians can be sure of, that we can uh, have faith in, that we can be obedient in in all situations because the things that God has made available to us are uh, established where he is. And where God is is not dependent on what happens in the earth. What I'm saying is there are a lot of situations that we face on a daily basis where it seems like things are kind of tossed back and forth or it seems like things are unsure or, uh, you know, even uh, you look at the things that are going on in the country now and with other countries in the world, and it seems like nobody has any idea what's going to happen. What I'm saying is that when we step into Christ, there are blessings that are made available to his people that are established where he is. That, that is the, the foundation of those things. They flow from heaven to us. They are not things that exist here on earth that we step into that are dependent on the things around us. They are established and immovable in the place where God is, just as he is immovable. And never changes. So all of the things that he has made available to us, uh, we can be sure of. And that's what I want to look at here today. Just simply starting in verse 4 there. uh, Rejoice in the Lord always, and I will say it again, rejoice. Uh, So the first thing that we want to look at is just the idea of finding joy as God's people. And understanding that, again, my experience of joy in life is not dependent on the circumstances around me. It's not dependent on my environment. It's not dependent on what other people do. It's not even dependent on my spouse. 
the the joy of the Lord in my heart is dependent on my relationship with him. So as we look at what uh, the Apostle Paul is writing here, he uses the word rejoice and he says, rejoice. Always, I will say it again, rejoice. And that word simply means in, in the Greek language, it means to be cheerful or calmly happy or well off. Uh, genuine happiness or joy is spiritual. So again, the happiness that, that we can experience as human beings sometimes is dependent on the things that are around us. If, if people make you happy or do things or something good happens to you, uh, by worldly standards, we can experience joy and happiness based on things that happen to us. But what I'm saying is there's something that goes beyond that that we can be sure of on a daily basis, that every morning that I wake up, I can walk in joy because it transcends this world. I can walk as someone who is cheerful or calmly happy or well-off, and it doesn't depend on uh, maybe a coworker that I, that does things that I don't like, or maybe it doesn't depend on uh, sometimes when our children irritate us, or whatever situation you can think of, that I can still walk in this place. I can walk in the blessings that are established where God is, and I can walk in the peace, the righteousness, and the joy that comes from uh, the place where He dwells. And that is such a significant thing for us as believers to always understand that my Christian happiness, number one, I should have joy. First of all, as as a believer in Christ, I should be a person who has joy at all times. That doesn't mean that I'm always going to feel good, but that means that somewhere within me, I understand that whatever my circumstances in life, that I am a person who has been washed by the blood of Christ, that I was a sinner with no hope whatsoever, and he gave me a free gift of salvation to walk in him, to transform me so that my life would reflect who he is. And in that, then, I am walking as in what I was created to be. You see, every single person in this world was created to be like God in some ways that we not that we wouldn't not I'm not saying that we would be God but that we would be like him being able to recognize the things that he recognizes being able to uh communicate and have fellowship with him uh you understand that uh uh mankind is the only thing the only part of creation where he breathed his own life into and said that this would be created in my image. We are the only thing in all of creation that has the breath of God within us and his image on us. So what that says is that what I was created for was to have fellowship and communion with God. And I'm saying that I can walk in that fellowship. I can walk uh, as a person who is living out my purpose, I can walk in the abundance of life that comes when I live up to what I was created for. I can do that regardless of my circumstances. Now, I'm not saying that life's always going to be easy, but what I'm saying is in Christ, it is possible for us to walk in freedom and righteousness and joy, even in the suffering of life. And there are people that have done it. There are a lot of people in this world. I, I've uh, read books of, I can't remember exactly who it was off the top of my head, but it was a guy who was in uh, the, the Nazi concentration camps and he found Christ and he said that he had never experienced more freedom than he did when he was in those concentration camps. Now, what I'm saying then is that when we are walking with Christ, I can experience fullness of life no matter what. It doesn't matter how difficult circumstances are. It doesn't matter. None of that matters. What matters is that my 
joy, my life is established where God is. It is not dependent on circumstances. We have to understand also that the joy that comes from walking in God can be lasting or continuous. It doesn't need to cease. There never needs to be a moment in life where the joy that I experience in Christ needs to cease. It is something that can be continuous. It is something that is available to us at all times. I've said before that all of the blessings that God has made available to his people are always available to his people. There is never a moment where God removes the possibility of you experiencing and me experiencing his joy. There is never a moment where he says, I'm going to remove my joy from you. It is always there for us to be able to step into on a daily basis, but it's all dependent on us. I think I've said before, but Andrew Murray wrote a book uh, simply called Humility. An amazing book, but he was talking about all the blessings of God that are available to people. And he was talking about how it's like, uh, you know, you're walking down the street and in a town and you see this storefront and it's all glass and you see all of the things that are in the store. Uh, but you never get to the point of actually accessing these things. He was talking about how so many Christians never get to the point of uh, going beyond just looking in the window. You see, we talk about things as Christians. We talk about all the peace, all the joy, all the benefits of God that are available to us, all the promises of God. We talk about these things over and over, but so many people just hear about it. They never get to the point of stepping through the door and accessing all of the things that are available to God's people. You see, it takes our conscious effort to make sure that I understand what God has made available to me and I put myself in the place to access that. God's not going to force himself on you. He's not going to force us to be joyous people. He's not going to force us to be happy. He's not going to force us to walk in peace. He's not going to force any of those things on us. You see, he has laid these things before us and has simply said, if you will trust in me, you will walk in these things. Now, when I say that the word of God says that we should trust in him, that means, again, that I recognize what he has made available to me. And then I order my life as though I believe that it's true. That means that every situation I am confronted with, I, I deal with that situation from the framework, from the lens of what God has said that I am, what he has said he wants to do, who he has said he is. That means that my worldview is based on who God is and what he desires of me. So when I trust God, that means my worldview changes. It, doesn't, it means then I don't make decisions on my own. I don't make it out of my own desires or passions or what I want to see happen. But I am able to set that aside knowing that when I step into what God has made available to me, that that not only pleases him, but the side benefit of that is I experience fullness of life in him. You see, so it takes our conscious effort on a daily basis that every single situation I am confronted with, I understand that situation through my understanding of who God is and what he desires of me. And when we do that, then we will begin to experience the fullness of life that God has made available to us. Uh, So it is our duty then to pursue the joy of the Lord. It is something that we should pursue on a daily basis. Uh, The second thing he says there is uh, in verse, starting in verse 4, he says, Rejoice in the Lord always, I will say it again, rejoice. In verse 5, let your gentleness be evident to all, the Lord is near. 
Let your gentleness as you rejoice always, as you walk in the place of joy, then let your gentleness be known to all. Uh, and that, that uh, some of the different Bible translations uh, uh, translate that word gentleness. It would say gentle or moderation. Let your moderation be evident to all. Let your reasonableness be evident to all. But the, the simply, that word means in the Greek, Greek, it means gentleness or moderation. The word means gentle and kind-hearted in reasonableness and gentleness toward others. So let this be evident to all the people around you. Let this be evident that you are gentle and kind-hearted in reasonableness and gentleness toward others. That when I am confronted with situations with others, that my first response would be gentleness. That should be evident to people around me, that when I respond to situations, I respond in gentleness. I respond in reasonableness. I respond, as, as the Word of God says, in, uh, uh, Christ was speaking in the Sermon on the Mount, and he said uh, in Matthew 5, 5, he says, Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth, that we would walk in the meekness of our Savior. See, Christ came in humility uh, with a desire to be gentle among mankind. Now, there were moments where he spoke up and was, uh, uh, we think of the situations where he cast out the money changers out of the temple and he was pretty intense. He was pretty harsh in that moment. There is a place for us to speak up in confidence and boldness about situations. That doesn't mean that he wasn't loving. There's a situations for us to do that. But our default position at all times needs to be gentleness and reasonableness with people. And again, as I've talked about last week, that my first assumption about people should not be that they are trying to injure me. I, the, I don't like that. Listen, that's not what we want to do as humans. Sometimes our first response is we want to assume that somebody's trying to hurt us, right? That's, that's not me saying that, though. That's the Word of God says your first response should not be to assume somebody is trying to hurt you. Our first response, our default position, our disposition should be the meekness of the Savior approaching people in gentleness and reasonableness. Now, I think this is one of the most significant points in the Word of God, that his people would be transformed to reflect his likeness. I don't think for one second... If we, if we are not people of gentleness, if we are not people of reasonableness, if we are not people who can step back from a situation and try to evaluate it in its fullness rather than just blasting someone because we interpret what they did as trying to injure me, if we can't do that, I don't think for one second we'll ever have any influence in this world. You see, that's what people are experiencing in the world, especially in the day we live in. Everybody is offended by everything. It doesn't matter what you say. I don't care what political party you affiliate with. It, none of that matters. Everybody's offended by everything. Everybody thinks somebody's trying to do something to hurt them. And maybe they are. I don't, maybe there's a situation where somebody is, but my first assumption shouldn't be that somebody's trying to injure me. My first, again, dis- disposition of my heart should be gentleness and reasonableness. He says, let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Uh, when we think of the word meek, sometimes again, Christ said, blessed are the meek, the meek, for they will inherit the earth. We think of that a lot of times uh, in terms of weakness, that I would just, just 
forget everything that's going on around me and allow myself to be a doormat for everybody to walk over me. That is not at all what we are talking about when we talk about meekness, being meek as Christ was meek. What we are talking about, the one commentary I was reading uh, said it this way. He was likening it to uh, a wild animal being brought under control. He said, meekness does not identify the weak, but more precisely the strong who have been placed in a position of weakness where they persevere without giving up. The use of the Greek word when applied, uh, meaning the Greek word for meek, uh, when applied to animals makes this clear for it means tame. When applied to wild animals, in other words, such animals have not lost their strength, but they have learned to control the destructive instincts that prevent them from living in harmony with others. So when we talk about meekness, we are talking about all of my strength, my boldness, everything that God has created me to be, it is being brought under the control of the Holy Spirit. I'm not losing strength. I'm not losing confidence. I'm not just being a doormat for others, but everything that I am is brought under the control of the Holy Spirit. So that boldness that somebody may have is used then for the Spirit of God. You see, it's not losing any. God's not robbing us of anything. He's not, he's want, he's not wanting us to just be uh, a different person who just lets people do whatever they would to us. That's not it at all. But it's allowing all of my faculties to be brought under the umbrella of the Holy Spirit's control so that he uses them when it's necessary for his purposes. But see, again, that takes our conscious effort. To make sure that when I'm confronted with a situation, I'm not reacting out of my own human desires or powers or, again, assumptions that somebody else is trying to hurt me. But I am bringing my thoughts, my powers, everything in me. I am allowing that to be under the control of the Holy Spirit so he can help me understand what is the right uh, uh, approach to a situation and how to handle it. But then he enables me to speak Sometimes words of boldness that, are, that come from the heart of God. So we have to make sure that we allow our hearts to be made in the image of Christ, which will uh, then take on his image of gentleness and meekness and reasonableness. In verse 6, he goes on, he says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Uh, in everything, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Uh, you see, what he is saying is that considering how near God is to us, considering the relationship we have, considering that, as the Word of God says, that my life is hidden with Christ and God. When I am crucified with him, when I take on salvation, when I'm walking with him, again, my life is not established here on earth. I dwell here for a moment, but my life is hidden with Christ in God. You see, when I truly understand that, then I don't have to be anxious for anything. You see, there are times where we are controlled by our anxious thoughts. There are times where we are controlled by anxiety. There are times where we are controlled by uh, what other people think or or uh, being scared about something or fear, whatever it is that you or I deal with, we are controlled by those things sometimes. But when I truly understand that I am walking here for a moment, but my life is over here. It is in the place where God dwells. It is established there. It is on a solid foundation. It cannot be moved. When I understand that then, 
I can begin to start giving up those things that keep me in a constant state of fear or anxiety. See, that that is what God wants to make available to his people, that we would not be anxious about anything, but in all situations, I would trust that he is who he says he is, that he has the desire to move in me and through me, and I would commit those situations to him, however great or small it is. Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. So whenever something comes up that pushes me to the place of anxiety, I would then trust my Savior, trust my God, the one who, who holds my life in his hands, one who is the foundation of my life right now. I would entrust that situation to his hands, allowing him to work whatever way he would desire. Sometimes that will take me being able, be, being able to wait on him. Understand that we live in a day where we don't want to wait for anything. There might be a time where you have a situation comes up that we need to lay before him and wait on his timing to deal with it. We have to be people who trust God that much that when those feelings of anxiety come up that I am able to go to God with thanksgiving and lay it before him. You see, because whatever, no matter what situation comes up that brings on anxious thoughts or fear, uh, whatever kind of thing, there, there are different kind of triggers that lead each one of us to that place of anxiety or fear. Whatever situation that is, that I would approach God in thanksgiving, laying it before him, knowing that you have worked in my life before. Number one, you have, you have, you have worked in me for salvation. You have, uh, our lives exist in his hands. I can't remember who said it, uh, but they said, if we can trust Christ's suffering for our sake, then we can trust Christ in our suffering for his sake. Meaning that whatever situations I'm confronted with, if he never does anything else for me, I know that he has already suffered for my sake. So that, that is enough, and in that, that alone, forgetting all the rest of the blessings, that alone I can say to him, you have looked on the miserable heart of mankind in all of its deceitfulness, in all of its misery, in all of its pain and suffering, in all of its rebellion against you. You have looked on that and have worked, and, and you have transformed the heart of man. So I can probably trust you in whatever situation I am fearful of in this moment. Whatever situation is giving me anxiety in this moment, you have done all of this to transform the heart of man. I can probably handle laying this before you and waiting on you. In thanksgiving that you are a God who is concerned about whatever this situation is. You see, there are too many things that we try to carry the burdens on our own. There are too many situations that we are confronted with where we try to bear the load and continue walking on. We try to take on everything that we possibly can and just continue on. God is calling us at times to rest in Him and commit situations to Him to let Him work. I can't tell you specifically what that is in your life. I wish I could say, this situation right here committed to God. You, you know, you individually know what situations cause you anxiety and fear. 
In those situations, we need to get to the point where we are able to entrust them to God. Maybe you want to control those situations and you can't give them to God yet. You need to tell God that. There's nothing wrong with you going to God and saying, I want to control this. I don't know how to give this up. Because he already knows it, right? I've always thought, why, why do we try to hide things from God that he knows anyway? There's nothing wrong with going to him and saying, I don't know how to give this to you. I don't know how to give this up. You've got to help me. There's nothing wrong with that. But then being able to wait on God. When we commit things, we have to be able to wait on God. We can't be people who just give up after, well, I've prayed about this for two or three days and I haven't seen anything happen. It might take a long time. See, because sometimes in those periods of waiting, God is teaching us to rely on him. Sometimes he's wanting to care for us in those moments of waiting on him. The Bible says that he leads me by the waters. He makes me lie down in green pastures. Why is that? He restores my soul. There are times of waiting where God says, I'm not going to deal with this anytime soon. I will eventually. But while you are waiting, if you will keep my eyes, your eyes on me, I will restore your soul. See, there's something significant that happens in the heart of man when we are in a situation where we don't know what to do, but we entrust ourselves to the Savior And the benefit of walking with him is he blesses us along the path while we are waiting. You have to be people that would trust him. Trust that he knows best. Trust that if he has not done something immediately, there is something else he's probably doing that you're not seeing. Whether it's in you or in that person or situation, whatever it is, God is doing something. Uh, So don't be anxious about anything. But in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And I love this verse in verse 7. It says, if you do these things, verse 7, and the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. If you do these things, if you, if you can be a person of joy, who walks in the joy that comes from where God is, it's not, it's not dependent on this world. If you can step into that, if you become through the Spirit of God, allow yourself to be transformed by the Spirit of God to be a gentle, reasonable person. If you commit your anxious, fearful thoughts to Him with thanksgiving, trusting Him, it says, if you do these things, then the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. You understand that we don't have to be people that are constantly sitting up, guarding ourselves against everything. When I'm walking with God, he guards my heart. It is the peace of God that comes from him that stands guard at my heart. You understand that the words he uses here, he had some sort of uh, military mindset when he was talking about this. When he talks about guarding, he was talking about some sort of fortification. That's what the Greek word means, some sort of fortification that was guarded by uh, uh, you know, military personnel, personnel, he was talking about our hearts being guarded in that way by the God of heaven who created our hearts. He knows in what ways our hearts need to be guarded. Now, I'm not telling you that there are situations where we need to guard our own hearts. I'm talking about situations where we know better than to, uh, you know, things that we surround ourselves with. We, we need to not be foolish in what we surround ourselves with. In that way, we guard our hearts. But ultimately, when we are walking with God, His power, His glory, all of the things that He is comes into our hearts, and His peace will guard us 
from anxiety, from fear, all of these things that we experience in this world. He will guard us uh, throughout this life. And that is such an amazing thing. I love, again, I've said before, I think Psalm 103 says, uh, David starts by saying, Praise the Lord, O my soul, praise the Lord, and forget not all of his benefits. That we remind ourselves every single day when I get up, forget not the benefits of God. Forget not the benefits of walking with him. Get not the benefits where I don't have to be strong enough to guard against every situation that could possibly come with, come up with. But when I am walking with God in his righteousness, peace and joy and all of these things, then he comes to my heart and he establishes this fortification around it so that he can guard it for his purposes, for my benefit. We have to be people that never forget the benefits of walking with God, that that all of the things that God is asking of us are for his benefit and ours. Um, This is so significant. Proverbs 4.23 says that our hearts, out of our hearts, flow the issues of life. The King James Version says that. Out of, the, out of our hearts flow the issues of life. The NIV says everything you do flows from it. Everything you do flows from your heart. And I think about uh, uh, you know, Luke chapter 6 where it talks about a good man brings good things out of the good that is stored up in his heart and the evil man brings evil out of the evil things that are stored up in our hearts. You understand that our hearts we store up certain things or people push things on us that are established in our hearts. Our heart is a storehouse for something. And the Bible says everything we do flows from it. You understand today, I guess overall what we are saying is that we have the opportunity to choose what's going to happen, what is going to be the outflow of our heart. We can commit ourselves to God in joy, in meekness, and casting our anxieties on Him. And in that, He establishes our heart to reflect who He is. Or we can continue to Walk through this life storing up our fears, storing up anxieties, storing up all of these things that at some point will come out. You see, we may not recognize it because sometimes we don't ever think to that level. We never stop and think, where is this? When I react this way to a situation, where is it coming from? You see, again, the Bible says a good man brings good things out of the good that is stored up, and an evil man brings evil out of the evil that is stored up. What is within our hearts will come out at some point. It's probably first going to come out on the people closest to you, whether it's your spouse or our kids or whatever it is. It's going to come out. It might even come out with people that you deal with at work. But you see, there is a better way than all of this. God has made his peace, his righteousness and joy. He has made his meekness, his character, all that he is, he has made available for us, our hearts to be transformed, to be emptied of all of the things that would 
uh, lead us ultimately to the place of misery because you understand that over and over we can we can react poorly to situations around us in life. That does nothing but make us miserable ourselves. We may think that we're putting somebody in their place. We may think that somebody deserves it. Maybe we may whatever you think of some way to justify it, we can think of it. But you understand ultimately that only makes us miserable. What leads us to life and freedom and joy and peace and all of these benefits of God, what leads us to that is committing our hearts to God, allowing him to be the one who guards our hearts, allowing him to be the one who fills our hearts, allowing him to make our hearts to reflect who he is. You see, this is why all of this is so significant as the worship team comes and we, and we close here. This is why all of this is so significant because what happens here, what we see in the Word of God has to have some sort of effect in your and my hearts. It has to. All of those blessings that we talked about, all of the blessings of God, the peace, peace righteousness, joy, every promise that you have available to us Uh, in God. All of those things are there for us to access. But you understand that this is the way to do it. All of the things that God has laid out, all of the principles of God that he has laid out, they affect our hearts. And in that, then we step into the fullness of who God is. Because he makes my life to reflect his life. He makes my life to reflect his life that is transcendent it is beyond this world and when my life reflects his life my life isn't dependent on what's happening happening around me my joy my happiness all of these things then is dependent on him it's not dependent on the people around me it's not dependent on things around me it's not dependent on situations around me but that we will never step into that unless we hear the word of god and we figure out how to apply it. So as we close today, I first of all, we'll open the altars if you want to pray over here. You can pray by yourself. Nobody will come. If you want to come over here, somebody will come and pray with you. But take these moments, whether you come up here or do it at your seat, whatever you do, take these moments and consider the the nature of your heart. What is your heart full of today? You experience the peace of God. Peace of God that is guarding you. The peace of God that is establishing you in the place where he dwells. That my, my life now doesn't depend on the situations around me. I might be in the midst of suffering or chaos or difficulty, but I still experience peace and joy because my heart And my life is established where he is. Is that where you are at today? You see, I think there are three types of people. This is the last thing I'll say. There are three types of people. There are people that know nothing of God. They're just blindly stumbling through this world, trying to find some sort of peace and happiness. There are some people who have heard about God. They sit through churches and they hear these things and they might have some sort of taste of the blessings of God, but they never experience the fullness of joy that comes from walking with God. And if that's where you're at today, I would 
ask you to seriously consider what needs to change in your life so that you can experience freedom and joy and peace that is available to you in God. And then the third category are the people that are giving everything they have to walk with God. And though they have experienced difficulty and pain and sorrow, they still see the freedom and joy that comes from walking with God. If that's you today, I would encourage you to keep going deeper. Because there is never a moment until you draw your last breath and you see him in his fullness, there is never a moment where you have exhausted the fullness of God's blessings available to you today. There is always somewhere deeper that you can go. And just do not stop. Keep moving forward. God, we thank you today for the opportunity again to worship you and be together in this place. And for what it means to walk in your righteousness, peace, and joy. And Father, we pray for anyone here today who is not walking in that, that you would draw them into greater and greater depths of freedom. Father, fill our hearts with you. Fill our hearts with uh, all that you are. Transform us to reflect your character. Father, we love you today. In your name we pray, amen.